0: Today's sermon is about wine. Last week was about forgiveness. This week is about wine. Well, perhaps I should clarify and say, it's really about the effects of wine because it is mentioned in today's reading in Acts. Did you catch it in today's reading? When people were amazed and astonished that those present were speaking in many other languages, Languages that were not the language of the Roman Empire, the languages of the immigrants, if you will. When people were amazed and astonished, they were trying to make sense of what was happening. Verse 12 of the second chapter of Acts says that people were amazed and perplexed and wondered, what does this mean? Others summarize their understanding with the assumption that those speaking were drunk. Verse 13 tells us that they sneered and said they are filled with new wine. So let us imagine what it looked and sounded like that some would make this assumption and draw this conclusion. When people are filled with new wine, when they are drunk or intoxicated, they lose their inhibitions. Those who are drunk carry on with a confidence that is oblivious to their vulnerability. It seems to me that this is one of the main reasons that people drink. They want to escape their awareness of the details, the burden of their responsibilities. And it has been true for all time. Looking at this text from 2,000 years ago, we can assume that people have had the same reaction to alcohol that is experienced in this day and age. After all, looking back at the Acts reading, who would admit that they can speak in the language of the foreigners and immigrants in such a public setting? Can't we imagine alcohol being the means by which they lose their inhibitions? What other substance could produce such a freedom and exuberance? Well, God can produce such freedom and exuberance. God can unleash people to live into what they can be and to joyfully embark on liberating others to do the same. And God does this through the Holy Spirit. To understand the good news as powerful and transformational as new wine is a description that Luke has used before. Perhaps you remember in Luke's Gospel in the fifth chapter that Jesus talks about the inability to put new wine into old wineskins. He says that it is impossible because the old wineskins will burst. They'll burst open and the new wine will spill out. This is what we see happening in the book of Acts. The good news of Jesus' resurrection cannot be contained. The life that it generates is so powerfully transformational that it breaks free from the confines of what is known. Language cannot prevent it from spreading. Empires cannot prevent it from spreading. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, people lose their inhibition in sharing this good news, and they find that they can share it in ways that other people can hear it. This empowerment can be so strong that they themselves become transformed in the process. We will see this happen throughout the upcoming chapters in the Book of Acts. Through the retelling of the stories, we will witness God's life-changing power through the Holy Spirit. This same truth is what we will witness in today's baptisms at 10 o'clock. Charlotte and Juliana are both right at a year old and they will be baptized into the body of Christ. They will receive the Holy Spirit and thus be transformed. They will look the same to us, but both of them will be empowered by the Holy Spirit to live and share the good news of God in Jesus Christ in their own lives. At one point in the promises that the congregation will make to nurture them in the faith, The congregation will be asked to support these persons in their life in Christ, and the congregation will answer in unison, we will. Our shared commitment as parents and congregation to nurturing and supporting Juliana and Charlotte in the faith is a big part of baptizing one-year-old girls. Some years back, I was aware of some staggering statistics that highlighted the difference in a person's religious practice based on whether or not they had had a significant faith experience in their adolescent years. Adults who had had a significant faith experience in their adolescent years were exponentially more likely to engage in religious practice compared with adults who had not had a significant faith experience. I wish that I'd been able to locate the statistic, the exact data for this sermon, but suffice it to say that the power of what happens in the adolescent years is something that marketers know for certain, and the music industry does not take for granted, and each of us knows in our gut. adolescent years are hugely formative in our understanding, perception, and approach to life. My own training and experience in youth ministry has demonstrated the same and it's one of the primary reasons for creating the new position for Associate for Youth and Family Ministry. In hiring for this new position, I'm looking for someone who has a comprehensive understanding of human development, and knows how to utilize that knowledge in sharing the gospel and nurturing young people in their faith. I'm working with the interview team and that leadership will assist me in choosing a candidate to serve as in this role of associate for youth and family ministry who can work with and enlist parents in this important work. This staff position is essential because of our promise as a congregation, which we make in every baptism, that we will support these persons in their life in Christ. I know collectively that we share this same desire, the desire for our young people to know the transforming love of God in Christ, and we believe that the church is the primary means through which they'll experience that love. We want them to experience the freedom and exuberance that comes from the movement of the Holy Spirit. When they face the difficulties of life, we don't want them to reach for alcohol in order to face the problem, but to look to God in prayer. When they become overwhelmed by the details and the burden of their responsibilities, we want them to find strength in Christian community, to find support to face these things. We want them to remember who they are, not as a sum of their failures or of their accomplishments, but as a child of God. And thus, we know that they will lose their inhibitions that make them defensive. We want them to be empowered to live a life defenseless and fearless. Because a life that is lived defenseless and fearless is a life that is lived in love. So today, at 10 a.m., we will commit to Juliana and Charlotte what we've committed to all of the other children that are in our midst. We commit to helping them discover God's work in them through the Holy Spirit so that they can be the church with us, wherever we may be. And together, with the power of the Holy Spirit, we might share the good news of God and Jesus Christ in the language that people understand, so that they might know the good news as well. Amen.